Welcome to the podcast series, Withers Talks Art. I'm Diana Warbicki, the global head of the Withers Art Law Group, and I'm delighted to be hosting this podcast series. In these podcasts, I have the pleasure of asking art-related questions to my Withers colleagues from around the globe. With me today is Alana Petrosky, who leads our global philanthropy practice. Today we will be discussing cross-border art philanthropy and naming rights. Before we begin our conversation, I would like to remind you that anything that we discuss in this podcast is for informational purposes only, and we are not providing any legal advice. Alana, thank you for joining me today. It's great to be with you. In the art market over the last several decades, there's been more involvement in the market on a global level, with sources of funds coming from a number of different countries. As everyone becomes more global in their source of support, Alana, what changes have you seen in the philanthropy and charity space? Everyone is these days more more mobile, and in particular in relation to philanthropy, their interests and their passions do tend to be global. An individual, whether they're working in one place or traveling in another place or even just interacting with people across the globe, come to be close to projects and causes that they might not even ever have been exposed to before. We certainly do see increased interest in cross-border philanthropy, cross-border giving. For collectors who become interested in cross-border philanthropy, is there a good mechanism that they should be thinking about for giving to these causes globally? Somebody travels to a far-flung jurisdiction and has an amazing holiday but is brought into contact with the effects of poverty there, and they may wish to make some charitable contribution to a local charity that they identify on their visit, it will be difficult if they want to make a tax-efficient gift directly to that organization. It could be that they're foregoing some sort of tax benefit, but also it could be that they're actually having some tax disbenefit in their home jurisdiction. Certainly, it's much easier if they can give to something that is charitable in their own jurisdiction that is then willing to make a charitable grant to support the cause that they have identified on their travels. Can you talk to us a little about how institutions such as museums expand their reach to be able to accept donations from donors in various jurisdictions in a way that's tax efficient for the donors. There's two types of approach that institutions can take to going global. The first is where they're really setting up satellite operations, different museums in different places, and in that case they have to come to grips with not only the legal and regulatory landscape of the jurisdiction, but also the cultural landscape and to understand what is appropriate there, how donors are approaching support of the arts, and everything else in terms of how they program, of course, at the museum. On the other hand, an institution is looking simply to fundraise internationally. Maybe that they are looking to accept tax-efficient contributions all over the world and then have that money flow back to a home museum. Friends of Approach has a long history in the UK, the US, and Hong Kong. We certainly see institutions doing that and making the best of supporters that they have worldwide. However, when you do set something up that's affiliated to a home institution, it does always have to be run independently and properly in that jurisdiction. While there may be a desire to receive donations tax efficiently worldwide, some care does need to be put into that global planning for whether that's going to be from a fundraising perspective or an operational perspective. Are you finding that more institutions that they're 
setting up friends of organizations, setting up vehicles to make it tax efficient to get support worldwide? Or would you say more people are actually setting up shop and having a physical presence in different jurisdictions? It really depends, and the two issues can be intertwined. Not every jurisdiction will allow a friends of approach, a fundraising institution that accepts donations and then transfers them back to a home institution. Some jurisdictions actually have what we think of as local benefit requirements. And in those places, the only option for fundraising locally is to spend the money in country. And there, there can be a real impetus to set up something operationally in a jurisdiction that will actually take forward the home institution's vision, but without sending money back to the home institution itself. In addition to making sure that their donations are made tax efficiently, some donors will also request name recognition, which has caused some public relation issues for museums as of late. And because of that, we are finding that museums in the U.S., are more cautious about entering into gift agreements which grant donors long-term naming rights. Are you finding the same is true in Europe as what we're seeing in the U.S., Alana? When naming arrangements work, they work well, as we've said, but when they go wrong, they really can go very seriously wrong. To understand that a bit, we have to look to the fact that even though institutions are highly dependent on philanthropic support, it's their reputations that are really their most prized asset. When we have a donor who is embroiled in a scandal, the institution can often find that its own reputation is affected. There can be an impact on an institution's operations, artists pulling out of shows, even public protests, and perhaps even a chilling effect on the ability to adopt additional donations. Institutions are keen to have that exit route, and when they're negotiating new arrangements these days... I would say, yeah, we see in Europe that they're being a little bit less trusting, they're doing a little bit more due diligence in relation to their donors, and they may even be operating with new sorts of donation acceptance policies in place that are more focused on reputational concerns. Everybody thinks that giving should be easy and straightforward, but in fact, these are big arrangements. Alana, I look forward to continuing this conversation. Thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure discussing this Our Law topic with you. And to all our listeners out there, thank you for listening. And if you have any follow-up questions, feel free to reach out.